0: the power of the grave, the constant in the trial and the change, one thing remains, one thing remains, your love never fails, never gives up, never runs out on me. Your love never fails, never gives up, never runs out on me. Your love never fails, never gives up, never runs out on me. Your love. And on and on and on and on it goes. As it overwhelms and satisfies my soul. And I never ever have to be afraid One thing remains One thing remains Your love never fails, never gives up, never runs out on me Your love never fails, never gives up, never runs out on me your love never fails, it never gives up, it never runs out on me. Your love. In death, in life, I'm confident and covered by the power of your great love. My debt is paid, there's nothing that can separate my heart your great love your love never chills, never gives up never runs out on me your love never fails, never gives up never runs out on me your love never fails, never gives up never runs out on me your love again now Your love never fails, never gives up, never runs out on me. Your love never fails, never gives up, never runs out on me. Your love never fails, never gives up, never runs out on me. Your love. I hear the Savior say, thy strength indeed is small. Child of weakness, watch and pray, find in me thine all in all. Because <clears throat> Jesus paid it all, all to him I owe. Sin had left a crimson stain, he who washed it white as snow. Lord, now indeed I find thy power and thine alone can change the leper's sauce and melt the heart. Cause Jesus paid it all, all to him I owe. Sin had left a crimson stain, he who washed it white as snow. And when before the throne I stand in him complete. Jesus died my soul to save, my lips shall still repeat. Cause Jesus paid it all, all to him I owe. Sin had left a crimson stain, he washed it white as snow. Sin had left a crimson stain. He who washed it white as snow. He who washed it white as snow. He who washed it white as snow. Oh, praise the one who paid my debt and. Life up from the dead. Oh, praise the one. Thou, oh Lord, art high above all the earth. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> there we go. Oh, Thou, oh Lord.
1: I am really blowing this one up.
0: <laughs> if you'll all
1: forgive me today. <laughs>
0: above all the earth thou art exalted far above all gods thou o lord high above all the earth thou art exalted far above For Thou, O Lord, art high above all the earth, Thou art exalted far above.
2: church. Um, Today, I'll be praying for you. My name is Garvin. Um, Personally, I know when I pray, I sometimes, I don't know what to say. So um, what I do is I close my eyes. I, I imagine Jesus on the cross, or sometimes I just, you know, repeat Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. And today, I just encourage you guys to close your eyes and just repeat his name. Imagine him on the cross. And you can even put a hand on a friend, a family member and pray for them. Um, So let's bow our heads. Father God, thank you for waking us up this morning and bringing us here and giving us new life. Um, You're just so amazing and sometimes it's hard to comprehend and understand why you even love us after how many times we sin. Um, I pray that you'll be with us today, that you would guide the service, um, that the congregation will understand um, what is being proclaimed to them. um, And as they go out in the world um, after service, that when the devil tries to attack, that they'll be strong, they'll be firm, and that they will proclaim your gospel because um, you asked us to go out and make disciples and sometimes it's intimidating but you are with us at all times and we just, we just lift you up today. Um, I thank you for this church. Um, a lot of us around the world are persecuted for this exact reason. And it is an honor to come here on Sundays and um, just praise your name. Amen. Um, I also pray that you would bless the church in, the, in many ways, financially, spiritually. Um, I thank you for the elders. I thank you for um, the people who are here to encourage. Um, I pray for the youth because they, the, they are the future. Um, And I pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Jesus!
1: <coughs> Sorry, would the ushers please come forward? Please sit down. <coughs> God, we thank you for everything you give us. We thank you for uh, everything you've done. Sometimes it's difficult to... Um, sometimes it's difficult to reach you, but there's so many ways that we reach you, God, from service in the church to um, just sitting quietly and praying, giving, all of these things, God, and we just pray that you appreciate what we give you this morning. Okay, in Christ's name. Amen. So sometimes it's it's hard to it's hard to get to a place of worship. It doesn't feel good. It doesn't feel right. You're distracted by a lot of things. And it's easy to, to pray um, that will surrender, but it's all very easy to pray in the future, and so this is us singing this now, I Surrender Right Now. So it's a new song that we're going to teach you this morning. We'll go through the first verse a couple of times just to make it easy. <coughs>
0: My knees again, surrendering all, surrendering all. Find. i Have your way I want to know you more. I want to know you
3: more. God, we just pray that more than anything, we would just surrender everything that we're thinking, everything that we're feeling. And God, would you just meet with us now, we pray. Amen. Happy New, Happy New Year. So, how many of you have made or, or made New Year's resolutions? Okay, a couple. No one in the balcony. I can see you up there. Um, and how many of you have kept them so far? A couple, okay. Excellent. I've, I've made a couple, too. I made one really important one. My wife wants me to tell her what it is, but I refuse to. But so far, eight days in, I've kept it. So I'm pretty stoked. Pretty stoked. And I will not tell any of you what it is, either. So, uh, yeah. And since today we're talking about quitting and failure, um, I'm definitely not going to share it with you. But, uh, so we're starting a new series called Biography, and we're going to spend a few weeks looking at the book of Mark. And looking at certain characters within that book, within that gospel, who have certain perhaps character traits or things about them that perhaps they became known for. Yet how, even in our own lives, some of us may be known for these character traits as well. But with God as our center, we can overcome those things. Can I get an amen? So I thought it was a good way to start the year, and we're going to be going on the book, and who better to talk about in this biography series from the Book of Mark than Mark himself. So I need to get the lights down a bit, sorry I didn't rehearse this, because I want to create the scene a little bit. And you've got Jesus, and he's in the garden. It's a pretty famous garden. Anyone know the garden he's in? The garden of? OK? And believe it or not, well, let me ask you the question, what's a Gethsemane? That is a Gethsemane. A Gethsemane is an oil press, all right? So if I say uh, botanical gardens that are in Burlington, you know, that's known as the botanical gardens, but a garden that has a Gethsemane in it is just a garden that has an oil press in it. So there's plenty of those throughout Israel. So for some reason, most of us didn't even know. So, so now you can get on Jeopardy and win at Bible Jeopardy next time Gethsemane comes up. But Gethsemane means oil press. And what's interesting about a Gethsemane is these things would be, and they look very different. The one, even if they, they actually think they have the right garden of Gethsemane, In Israel where they take all the tourists to go see they actually think it was probably the one that Jesus went to because it's on the Mount of Olives I would probably agree with them I think they got the only one because it's the only Gethsemane in the entire area it's a huge one but you'll find these ones especially around Capernaum and other areas of Israel enormously heavy they would create enormous pressure because you're trying to do what yeah, so you would take olives, you'd put them under there, and olives require enormous pressure to get what from them? Oil. Isn't it fascinating? Jesus is in this garden that just happens to have a Gethsemane, and what's the Gethsemane do again? Creates enormous pressure, and on that night, what's Jesus going through? Enormous pressure because he knows within a couple hours he's going to be arrested illegally tried illegally tortured beaten and crucified and put on a cross all for no nothing he had done wrong he was blameless and executed he was died the death we all should have died and he lived the life we all should have lived And he's under that enormous pressure in that garden, under such enormous pressure, it tells us his sweat did what? Blood came out. And I love God because for someone like me who's visual and likes pictures, isn't it amazing that God would put Jesus in a garden that's got a Gethsemane, which is this picture of pressure, and his son is going through that exact same pressure. Unbelievable picture. Anyhow, in this garden. Well, let me, let's read, let's go to the story. It's in Mark. I'll have it come up on the screen too, but you can follow along in your Bibles if you want. But maybe you can't because I turned the lights off on you. So just listen for a moment. Um, It is in Mark somewhere near the end here. Mark chapter 14. Just as he was speaking, Judas, one of the twelve, appeared with them from a crowd armed with swords and clubs sent from the chief priests, the teachers of the law, and the elders. Now the betrayer had arranged the signal with them. The one I kiss is the man. Arrest him. Lead him away under guard. Going at once to Jesus, Judas said, Rabbi, Rabbi, Rabbi. I don't know what you'd say at that kind of night, but I I'm, I'm definitely get the inflection wrong. Rabbi. And kissed him. The men seized Jesus and arrested him. Then one of those standing near drew his sword and struck the servant of a high priest cutting off his ear. Am I leading a rebellion to Jesus that you have come out with swords and clubs to capture me? Every day I was with you teaching in the temple courts and you did not arrest me, but the scriptures must be fulfilled. Then everyone deserted him and fled. A young man wearing nothing but linen garment was following Jesus. When they seized him, he fled naked, leaving his garment behind." I love the Bible. It just throws these little stories in there. You know, just, you know, one of, one of our first pictures of a streaker. I, I really wanted to do this today. Really, you know how I am with props. Heather was like, go for it, but she gets kind of up, she gets kind of except when I leave creases in my clothes, so I decided not to. Anyhow, for your viewing pleasure, I didn't think it'd be a good way to start the year. But anyhow, guy in a garment. Bible's first really recorded incident of a streaker loses his garment. They were probably sleeping there, so they weren't wearing too much. He takes off. Who was that masked streaker? Most scholars and non-scholars, and I would agree with them, say it was probably Mark. So our first picture of this guy who wrote this book we're looking at was Mark's the kind of guy when the pressure mounts, he's out of there. He's a quitter. Can't handle the heat. And so he takes off, no clothes at all, and there he goes. He's the kind of guy you can't count on when the pressure's too much. Okay, you can put the lights back up in case. Do it slowly because some people might still be sleeping. But go ahead and you can raise the lights here. So, what do you think about Mark? normal yeah kind of guy you want around when life gets difficult yeah well let me read a couple more here let's go to another uh let's go to acts uh acts chapter that's a good question acts chapter 12 acts chapter 12 verse 25 Uh, when barnabas and Saul had finished their mission they returned from jerusalem taking with them john also called mark so we get this another picture of Mark here. Mark connects with two amazing guys. One guy's name is Barnabas. He's known as, a, as an encourager. He's the kind of guy every one of us needs in our life who's there, laughs at our jokes, um, pats us on the back, is there through thick and thin. Everybody here, we all need a Barnabas in our lives. He's that kind of guy. He has that kind of reputation. He also hooks up with this guy named Paul, who is Hebrew named Saul, who, brilliant, brilliant Jewish scholar, Becomes a Christian uh, murderer, goes around executing Christians, has this radical transformation, and becomes a Jesus follower. So John Mark hooks up with these two guys, and they go on their adventures together. I'm just reading from chapter 13, verse, verse 13 of Acts here. Story continues. From Paphros, Paul and his companions sailed for Perga and Pamphylia, where John left them to return to Jerusalem. Now, how many of you saw that coming a mile away? I mean, we already saw how he was in the garden. He seems to have this pattern for when life gets difficult. He bails. Bails. Now, I don't want you to think I'm doing Jesus e- here. I'm leaving out, you know, because there's no, not a lot of information. I'm leaving out some of the details. So I'm going to continue on in the story in chapter 15, verse 36. So we'll get a little bit more information about this <clears throat> very unsolid guy, Mark. Sometime later, Paul said to Barnabas, let us go back and visit the believers in all the towns where we preach the word of the Lord and see how they are doing. Barnabas wanted to take John, also called Mark, with him, but Paul did not think it was wise to take him because he had deserted them in Pamphylia and had not continued with them in the work. They had such a sharp disagreement that they parted company. Barnabas took Mark and and sailed for Cyprus, and Paul chose Silas and left, commended by the believers to the grace of the Lord. He went through Syria and Cilicia, strengthening the churches. So how's Mark's resume up to this point? How many of you would hire him? Quitter? Bails on you? Probably responsible for a great friendship being broken. So far, not doing too good. Bit of a failure. And, and if all of us, if we were honest today, and we looked at our track record, we've we probably have blown it from time to time. If we're really honest, right? We've dropped the ball on something. We, we've, we've really messed up in some area. And a lot of us here, we know, we know God forgives us. But we have a tough time forgiving ourselves sometimes, don't we? And so, this picture of Mark, you're like, yeah, bit of a chump, but I think a lot of us here, we can identify with this guy at certain points in our lives. And I don't know about you, but I can promise you, and if there's anything I want you to hear today, is that you and I were not alone. And feeling like failures, we're not alone. And feeling like we've blown it, we're not alone with thinking. You know what? I am the only person who's gone through this, made this mistake. Nobody else will understand. It's one of the biggest lies out there, one of the biggest, greatest lies out there. And you might look back and you know, back in your teen years or your young adult years, and you did something you thought it was fun and right. And you look back now and you're like, man, this really screwed up my marriage life. My marriage, this really has screwed up my life now. Some of you look back and you're like, man, if I had just been a better parent, my kids would not be in the predicament they're in now. Some of you are like, if I had just not said that the way I said that, like, like maybe you said something to a friend, a confidant, a business partner, a spouse, and what you said was accurate, but it's the way you said it. And that just coming back, or, or a personal one of mine, happens all the time, is I've said something, and then it comes back around to haunt me many years later. And it's like something, or even something I've done, even with family members, they're really good at bringing up stuff, but like, having like, 30 years ago, and it always seems to come up again at Thanksgiving or Christmas or Easter. Some of you know exactly what I'm talking about. It's like, man, I thought we were done with that. We, or I was 10. I didn't, we, haven't we moved on with that? I, I love what David writes here because I think we can all identify with it. And he says this in Psalm 38, 4. My guilt has overwhelmed me like a burden to Heavy to bear. Why, for a lot of us, especially it's a new year, for some of us, you know, we're only eight days in and we've even blown it with our new year's resolution. But why is it that we just can't leave the past in the past? Why can't we just move on? How do we move past that? How do we move past a failure? How do we move past making a bad decision? And Yeah, how do we move on? So I I thought today I'd invite someone up here, dear friend, someone who many of you know quite well, one of our elders here, who has, um, for 25 years, has dealt with CFS. Many, many years ago, his wife um, cheated on him and eventually left him. Um, Has a history of alcoholism. And I don't want today talk about the past. Today, especially as I invite my dear friend Rick forward, I want to talk about and in his life too, how the past is past and how through God, redemption and restoration is available for us. So can we give Rick a hand as he comes forward? Do you want to swivel?
4: Thanks, Rick.
3: Rick and I sat down even this week, and one thing that he had been shared, because he's told this story many times, and he finds it gets more and more difficult to tell the story. And that's why, especially today, because we're not talking about the past. We're talking about leaving the past in the past. So I had a couple questions just for you, and, and maybe you might have some wisdom from a sage to share with all of us before or after as well. And just thank you for uh, letting us all put our peepers on you and learn from you today, too. First question is, how has God redeemed the time?
4: Well, first of all, God's always redeeming. Um, he's redeemed the time um, for me um, by, by helping me uh, daily. Um, to get over this. Um, The first year was the toughest. Mm. Um, I was a counselor uh, for my children while I was trying to care for myself. Um, My children were left uh, with me and they were they were destroyed uh, for the first year. That's uh, the best way I can put it. Mm. They were broken, broken children. Um, But um, God has uh, sustained us each and every day. When I got the call, actually, it was a a message left on the phone from the man that uh, my former wife went to. He left a message and said, don't worry, Rick, she's with me. When I put the phone down, tears coming down my face Um, The Holy Spirit said to my spirit, um, I'm going to get you through this Mm. and the children. And he has um, perseverance. The perseverance of the saints begins with God. God always initiates. It's like we love him because he first loved us. Well, the same with perseverance. He perseveres in keeping us. He perseveres, perseveres in sustaining us. Now, First Peter uh, 1.5 says, Who are kept, we are kept by the power of God through faith for salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. In this, you greatly rejoice, though now, for a little while, if need be, you have been grieved by various trials. What a trial that was! But he's—he did it for—he did it for me. Um, he's always when we we just sang, um, we, we just offered ourselves to the Lord. We surrender. We're surrendering our flesh for God to crucify our flesh daily. And this is what he's done all through the years. It's him who perseveres. And as a result of him persevering, we persevere. Romans 5 says... And not only that, but we also glory in tribulations knowing that tribulation produces perseverance and perseverance character and character hope. And now hope does not disappoint. And so left to myself, Joe, I would not have persevered. I was a quitter. Before I was in Christ, I was a quitter. But because he perseveres in keeping me and sustaining me, I don't quit anymore. Mm. Why do you think I became an alcoholic to begin with? I was weak, and left to myself, I would have been. I would have remained crushed through that experience. I would have. Um, I'd be remained crushed in bed daily with CFS, but. Perseverance.
3: So, what would you say has been a daily anchor in your life?
4: Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ. Um, He is my anchor, Um, and you can't separate him from his word. You can't separate Jesus from his name. Jesus Christ is my anchor. Yeah.
3: I think a question that for a lot of us, especially with those of us who have those even this like this year it's like i god you go to god god i am not gonna let this habitual sin have mm-hmm. any more way in my life yeah. i'm sick and tired of this cycling around and you've asked in this time like i promise you god i will not do this ever again and then you know eight days later that you broke the New years resolution or you fall back into that habit or there's a trigger. We talk about triggers a lot, and there's that. So even in your own life, when you know certain things, certain triggers break, boil things up. How, how do you, how do you remain steadfast when things boil to the surface? They come at you again.
4: Well, I go to God. Um, a year and a half ago, the man who my former wife went to passed away. It was like it w- it, it all happened. It was just like it was yesterday. I didn't know what to do with my emotions. I didn't know whether to rejoice in that, that he was finally gone, Mm. or was I to be sad. I just didn't know. And so I said to Brendan, by the way, speaking of uh, redeeming the time, unexpectedly, God brought my beautiful Brenda into my life Mm. and We've been married um, nine and a half years, and it seems, still seems new. (laughs) Mm. She looks after me, and I've never been loved by a woman like my Brenda. Mm. So I said to Brenda after dinner, I have to walk, because uh, God and I do business best when I walk. By the time I was finished my walk, I had resolved um, that I was really hoping that before he died, he repented and that I'll embrace him one day in glory. Come on, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Yeah. that's God redeeming the time.
3: Uh, Anything else? I know one thing that we, when we've chatted, a struggle for a lot of people is they start believing the lies. Is there any, any, anything you, any yeah. exhort, exhortion? Anything when we you wanna... believe
4: the lies, we flee like Mark. Yeah. And we fall into sin. And every time we fall into sin, we, we're fleeing like Mark. Mm. But the nice thing is about this story... Don't be ruining my sermon, by the way. Go sit down. Go sit down. I'll just finish here for you. (laughs) The nice thing is, Joe, no, we don't pay you to sit. (laughs) Uh, The nice thing is, Joe, is that Mark was restored. And uh, like Peter, Peter messed up at least as many times as I have Mm. and we're restored when we repent. there are times when I run back to the cross yeah. as quick as I can. Yeah. Amen. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. One last thing. Mm-hmm. If you are struggling with alcoholism, talk to me. If you're struggling in your marriage, redeeming the time, um, what a privilege I got to walk alongside brother Paul during his struggle with his wife leaving. What a privilege that was, as painful as it was. And so God redeems, he's always redeeming. If you are struggling, and statistics will show that someone in this congregation is struggling with alcoholism, come and talk to me. I'll go to an AA meeting with you, I've done that let me help you the thing that helps me best with cfs my medicine is helping others that's why i don't stay in bed thank you can we just pray with rick and
3: then i'll i'll release him clapping's fine yes god i just thank you for our 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 brother our elder um and this man who uh you have um, just done beautiful things through thank you for just his life his aroma and for just how you provide it throughout his life Um, i thank you i pray god you continually protect him continue to give him strength daily and may you just continue through your spirits prompting to just um, bring a harvest um, through his life and through uh, just that overflow of grace and love that just falls off him we bless you for him and his story in your precious name.
4: Amen. Thank you.
3: So now that Rick preached my sermon, I'm going to call it a day, and uh, yeah, yeah, just gotta just a couple more things, just a couple more things. Yeah. yeah, we're here still in Acts, but a couple things, and then I'll let you go. Number one, if you're following along in the notes here. Your biggest sins, and you heard it, your biggest sins are not too big for God's grace. Your biggest sins are not too big for God's grace. You heard it through Rick's story. And some of us, we feel so guilty about things that have happened in the past, maybe where we dropped the ball, maybe even something this week. First John 1.9 says this, if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness because of Christ's actions on that cross because of what he did 2,000 years ago when you make Jesus your life leader God forgives you of your sins of your wrongdoings therefore you need to start forgiving yourself and you need to move past the past Jeremiah 31 34 says this for I will forgive their wickedness this is God talking And will remember their sins no more. Number two here. You are not what you've done. You're not defined by what you've done. You are who God says you are. And a lot of us, I think we need to be reminded, we're God's children. When you say yes to Jesus, you become a child of his. And Satan, the world, even our heads, it wants to always personalize the failure you're a quitter. You're a failure. You didn't get that job. You, you destroyed that relationship. Look what you've done and wants to personalize those things and make that our identity. And God's like, no, 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 no. I am. I tell you who you are and you are loved and you are cherished and you're my beloved and you're my child. Stop believing those lies. You are not what you did. God says who you are. I love what uh, Paul writes in 2 Corinthians, and Paul knows a lot about failure. Anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone, and the new life has begun. Failure is an event. It's not a person. Just because you failed at something, it does not mean you're a failure. Last one here. You can't change the past. There is this idea out there sometimes that, you know, forgive and you can't change the past but christ can change your future starting now starting today every saint has a past every sinner has a future and when the devil reminds you of your past remind him of your future i love what paul writes here i don't mean to say that i have already achieved these things or that i have already reached perfection but I press on to possess that perfect perfection for which Christ Jesus first possessed me. No, dear brothers and sisters, I have not achieved it, but I focus on this one thing, forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead. I press on to reach the end of the race and receive the heavenly prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ. To forget what is past, is to treat with thoughtless inattention, to banish from one's thoughts, to willfully neglect, to disregard on purpose, to leave behind intentionally, to cease remembering. This book is full, it is chock full of broken people who failed miserably, who quit often. Moses, murderer, Peter denies Christ three times. We could go through the whole list. Most of the Bible is written by murderers. David committed adultery. But the one I want to finish with is Mark. Mark the quitter. Mark the first streaker in recorded history. Mark the loser. Mark who provokes broken relationships. Whose book are we reading? God's in the business of taking broken people with past and restoring them and redeeming them. And I look at Mark and here we are reading his gospel today. And that's great evidence that God's in the business of taking us and redeeming our day starting today. Can we pray? God, thank you. I thank you for this picture of this guy who really blew it, even physically in the presence of you, Christ. Blew it with a, such a champion such a, as Paul. Really let some people down. Yet over time, he was given a second, he was given third chances. And God, you redeemed his life. You redeemed his time, you redeemed his days. We read about what he did with Peter, what he did in Rome. We read his gospel, and it's such a beautiful gospel of action about what you did, Jesus. And as we look at his life and these writings that he recorded with us about you, Christ, we just bless you that you're a God who believes in us even when we've rejected you first. God, I pray for every one of us here. As we start this new year, may we already feel like we've flunked. May we leave the past behind. May we cling to you. May we just each and every day going forward, just think about you, dwell on you. No matter what's happened, go to you in the word and just realize and recognize that you just want to hear our voice. And you want to speak to our lives and you want to bring healing and restoration no matter our track record. Thanks for believing in us despite our blemishes and thanks for making us perfect uh, due to what your son did on that cross. Bless you and thank you. Be with us as a church and help us to take this message of grace, restoration, and redemption to everyone we come across. In your precious name we pray, Amen. amen.
0: I will never be the same again. I can never return. I've closed the door. I will walk the path. I'll run the race, and I will never be the same again. Fall like fire. So like rain Flow like mighty waters Again and again Sweep away the darkness Burn away the chaff And let a flame burn To glorify your name There are higher highs there are deeper seas, whatever you need to do, Lord, do in me. May the glory of God fill my life, and I will never be the same again. And I will never be the same again. And I will never be
3: the same again. Will you stand with me for benediction? May you be reminded this week, especially as you're going back to college or school or work for some of you, and every encounter that you have, that even though we all fall short, God is constantly pursuing us and loves us no matter what. Go in peace.